and welcome to the Southcliff Podcast. We're glad you've joined us now. Here's Senior Pastor Dr. Carol Marr with this week's sermon. Well, good to be with you today. I, uh, I told Julie that uh, I might need her to give me one of these markers and put another one on the stage in case I forget it. And I did, so uh, I'm good that she put this up here. You're going to get to witness some of my artwork. You haven't seen that in a while, so today's message, uh, we get to go back in in our our kindergarten years and and talk. Well, this morning, we continue to look at a series that uh, Elliot and I have been kind of team teaching uh, through these last few weeks uh, as we look at the one another commandments in Scripture. And there are over a hundred of them in the Bible where God uh, in his word communicates through Paul or through the words of Jesus or others to say that, that we are to live in such a way that the world takes note, that we are different than everybody else. And one of the ways we see that difference is in the way that we one another. And we have already talked about the fact that we are to love one another and humble ourselves before one another and serve one another. And and there's so many one another's in scripture. But today, I think we're gonna talk about the hardest one of all. I really believe this is the tough one. Because today, we're gonna talk about that verse of scripture in the Bible that says we are to forgive one another. Now, forgiveness is kind of hard, isn't it? I think all of us know what it looks like, and we rejoice in it when it happens. You know what I'm saying? When we see somebody, I mean, you've seen these high-profile cases where, where, where a person has wounded or hurt another person, even committed murder, and a family member comes to them and asks for forgiveness, and there is something in all of us that says that is right and that is good. And that is what we are to be about. But there is something else in us that keeps it from happening. That, that's not really the norm, is it? The, the norm that I've discovered in ministry is that it's been years since my dad and I have talked. It's been years since, since I have communicated with my best friend. We, we're still angry over things that have happened years ago. And so forgiveness is a hard thing. So today I want to spend a little time talking about forgiveness and hopefully in a practical way. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Colossians. In the book of Colossians, Paul is talking to the church at Colossae and and he's really kind of uh, focusing in chapter 3 on on the importance of, uh, of living out their commitment to Christ. And, and he talks about the way that we were and who we once were and, and who we are now as a result of God living in us. And in the course of that conversation and, and these words of challenge and command that Paul gives to the church, he offers these words in verse 12 And so if you would look with me to 12, 13, and 14, and we find these words, Paul in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. So as those who have been chosen by God. So he's saying this is for you as a family of faith. Those of you that are a part of God's family. Holy and beloved. Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Those are the attitudes that really should be reflecting 
the relationships that we have with one another. And all of us can look at those words and recognize if those words are indicative of the relationships we have, <coughs> they're likely good relationships. But then he goes one step further, hearing, uh, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. <coughs> Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all this, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Now, tucked away in those simple verses is a command that is almost impossible to embrace. Forgive one another. Now, what does it mean to forgive one another? Now, two things that I want to do <coughs> in our time together today. What I want to do is help you know how to do what we are commanded to do. We know we're commanded to forgive. So I just want to answer the question, how do, how do we do that? Now, there are two questions that I'm going to answer as we walk through our time together that might give some some evidence to how we can do that. First of all, what is forgiveness? And we're going to answer that question together. Secondly, what makes it so hard? If that's what it is, why is it so hard to forgive? And I think if we can answer those two questions, we're kind of on our way to, to allowing God's Holy Spirit to bring this to fruition in our life. So, so what is forgiveness? Now, I, I think when we answer the question, what is forgiveness, a lot of confusion about forgiveness. I've heard some people say, and even pastors preach, <coughs> that you have not truly forgiven someone unless you have forgotten. Have you ever heard that? To forgive means to forget. And if you've not forgotten, then you've not really forgiven. Well, let me ask you a question. Have any of you ever been wronged? Has anybody ever done anything in your life to hurt you? Raise your hand. Okay, you didn't forget, right? You didn't forget. We don't forget. I want you to understand forgiveness does not mean we have to forget. In fact, what I've discovered is that we kind of learn from experiences that we've had in life, even the painful ones. So thank you so much. I had that on the row there as well. So forgiveness doesn't mean I have to forget. Uh, how about this? I've heard some people say forgiveness is not truly granted until both parties, you ask for and receive forgiveness from the other person. And so forgiveness can't happen until the other person accepts your olive branch and says, I forgive you. Now that's worrisome because some of you in this room need to forgive someone who's dead. They're gone. There's not going to be a two-way conversation, but the issue that haunts you is over something that happened a long time ago but at, at the hands of someone that, that's no longer even available. So forgiveness doesn't mean 
that I have to be accepted <coughs> by the person that I offer the olive branch. What, what it means is that I can offer forgiveness even if, if I don't speak to that other person. Even if that other person's unwilling to forgive me, I can still let go and forgive. Or if they're unwilling to acknowledge that they did something in my life, I'm able to let go and move forward. Forgiveness doesn't mean, and this is another thing that I think we sometimes struggle with. For many of us as Christians, we think forgiveness means that we just pretend it never happened. Let's just act like this never happened. Let's ignore it. Because if I dwell on it, that's where I really... Forgiveness means <coughs> that I pretend it never happened. Or I live life as if it never happened. Forgiveness doesn't mean that I pretend something doesn't happen. In fact, forgiveness must confront the issue. In order to help you understand what it is... I want to show you that, that forgiveness has four component parts. And, um, and so to do that, let me just uh, give you a little of, of my magical art. That's you. You've never looked so good. But that's you. Forgiveness involves four things. First of all... It involves, number one, an offense. We could call that first one an offense. Somebody does something. They say something. They, they, they cause a situation in our life that brings about hurt. There's an offense. They said something, they did something, maybe they stole something from you. It may be abuse that happened in your life. It could be, this offense can be a one-time event or it could be an ongoing event in your life. It might be that, that this person or people did something and they continued to do that throughout your life. So the offense might be a one-time thing, it might be a continued thing, it might be something that somebody said, it might be something that somebody did. But the offense occurs, so that thing happened, right? Now, the second thing or component of that is in addition to uh, the, the offense, what we recognize next is it hurts. There's a hurt that happens as a result of this offense. Um, you hurt my feelings. Uh, you hurt my ability to keep my job. You, you, you caused pain to me. Um, you, you can think through the emotion that's connected to the offense. I, I'm devastated, I'm hurt, I'm depressed, I, uh, I'm wounded, I'm, I feel betrayed. All of those emotions are connected to the offense. So the offense happens, I'm hurt by it. And, and then the third thing that happens is what I would call cost. This 
can cost me. And sometimes it costs me for a long period of time. In other words, because of what this person did to me, I'm devastated financially. A person can hurt me and wound me financially, and, and I may never recover from that. I mean, it literally costs me. Or it might be that, that there is abuse that happens, and as a result of that, I, 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 there's something broken in me, and it has impacted every relationship I've ever had since then because I, I can't trust. I don't know how to trust people anymore. Because of the offense and the way it hurt me, there is an ongoing price that I'm paying for that. And then the, the fourth component of, of forgiveness is, is what we might call um, your reaction. Your reaction. Because sometimes the offense can create a sinful reaction on my part. I, I can, as a result of this, harbor bitterness and anger and resentment, hatred. And my whole life becomes defined by my reaction to the offense or to that event that happened in my life. But what you don't realize is that all four of these things have a way of trapping us. And so we're literally in prison and, and there's no way out. And, and we try all kinds of things and we can try to forget and we can try to pretend that it didn't happen and none of that goes away. That's the reality that all of us deal with. Whenever there is an offense, there is always a hurt. Wherever there is a hurt, there is always a cost. It might not be as high in some areas, but there's always a cost. And there's always a reaction. And sometimes the reaction is sinful on our part, which means that it impacts even my relationship with God, doesn't it? There are some people that because of an offense, you know what it costs you? It's cost you a relationship with God because you don't trust God anymore. You're blaming God for the offense that happened in your life. And you wonder if God is a really loving God. So you see how the offense and the hurt and the cost and the reaction create a problem. Well, now that we understand that's where we are, how do we get out of that? Well, th this is what I think is critical and what I want you to notice. Because there are four components, forgiveness involves all four of those components. What you must do is you must forgive the offense. You've got to come back to the beginning and say, you know what, I forgive that person or those people for that thing they did in my life. You've got to forgive the offense. And there are some of you, and, and again, this brings us back to why it's hard, can, if I can kind of put them together. And the reason it's hard is I don't want to forgive them for the offense. But forgiveness means that I have to 
I have to name it. This is what they did, and I forgive them for the offense. Secondly, I have to forgive them for the hurt that it caused in my life. And there are some of you that have said, well, I forgive them for what they've done, but you've never dealt with a hurt that's associated with it. And I think that in order for us to come to forgiveness, we've got to say, I, I, I forgive you <clears throat> and offer forgiveness for the thing that you did, and I offer forgiveness for the hurt, and I need to name that hurt. The betrayal that I felt, the pain that I felt, the disappointment that I felt, the disregard that I felt, whatever it is, I forgive you not only of the offense, but the hurt. And then you have to go the next step and say, and I forgive you for what it cost me. Because I've continued to pay the price for that. I will never be what I could have been. I will never be what I once was. I will never have the job that I once had. I'll never recover from it. Whatever it is, whatever the cost, you have to come to a place where you say, you know what? I forgive you for the cost. And this is what it cost me. And then finally, we have to come to the place where we say, I am willing to look at my reaction to that. And if my reaction to that is not what God wants, I need to confess that as my own sin and ask God to forgive me for being bitter, for being anger, for gossip, for slander, for whatever it is that I've done. And I need to ask you to forgive me, God, for that. I repent and turn from that. And I want to tell you something. It's not until we deal with all of those that we're able to walk free. Now, let me very quickly tell you why it's hard to do that. First of all, how in the world do I forgive a person for the offense? Some of the things that people have done are horrible. They have robbed us of things that we will never, ever get back. And the only answer to that is to recognize that Jesus on the cross paid the price for that offense. When he died on the cross, he died so that our sins could be forgiven Jesus paid the price for the offense that was committed against you. And the reason I'm able to say I forgive that person is because their debt has been paid. It's not ignored. God does not ignore sin. He came to earth to die on a cross for our sin. He's not ignoring our sin. He's paid the penalty for our sin. And we're able to let go of an offense because we're able to say, Jesus, you came and you died to pay the penalty for that sin, that offense. You paid the price. And I will accept your payment. And, 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 and Jesus, I'm going to, you paid the price, so I'm going to let go of the offense. And because you paid the price, I'm going to let go of the hurt. Because you paid the price, I'm going to let go of the worry over the cost that it has or the impact or the ramifications that have happened in my life as a result of that. And I'm open to examine my own heart to see where I am with you. And if there's something in my life that's not right, I want to make it right with you because I don't want to be trapped any longer. 
You see, the problem is many of us don't want to let go of the offense because we think as long as I hold on to the offense, the person who hurt me is in jail. But what you recognize today is as long as you hold on to the offense, who's the one in jail? You. It's not the person who hurt you. It's you. So now let me answer the question, why is it then so hard? If this, it, it seems simple, right? I mean, just give the offense, let go of the hurt, the cost, the reaction. Why is it so hard? Well, I'm going to give you several reasons why it's hard, and you're not going to like any of them. But when we begin to look through the scripture and find examples in the Bible of, of people who have offered forgiveness or would not offer forgiveness, I think we see a pattern emerge. The, the, the first reason that sometimes we struggle in the area of offering forgiveness is because of number one, self-righteousness. The reason we're unwilling to forgive is because of our own self-righteousness. Give you an example. You remember the story of the prodigal son? This guy that came to his dad and said, would you deliver, give me all that Jesus told the story, give me everything that belongs to me. And he, he left his father and he went and he spent it in a riotous living in a foreign country and came to his senses and said to himself, I'm going to return to my father and ask for forgiveness. And, and I, I certainly don't deserve forgiveness, but maybe he'll make me as a hired servant. And you remember this story. The prodigal son comes home, the dad, open arms, receives him, welcomes him as a son and forgives him completely. And if you continue to read, you'll discover that there's another character in the story. It's the older brother of this prodigal son. And the older brother wasn't willing to forgive his younger brother for the mistakes that he's made. In fact, not only was he unwilling to forgive the younger brother, he was unwilling to forgive his father for forgiving the brat. I'm mad at dad because he forgave me. He doesn't deserve forgiveness. He should have never been forgiven. And, and then when the father confronts the son, he says something that is really telling. The father confronts the son and says, what, what are you doing? We're having a feast. Welcome your son. Your brother who was dead is alive and, and he's back. And, and man, this is a joyous moment for us. What, where are, come on, come back. And this is what the older brother said to him. All these years, I have slaved for you. And you wouldn't even give me a goat to barbecue with my buddies. But when your son comes back from that foreign land, hanging out with all those harlots and prostitutes, man, you kill the fatted calf and put on the big show for him. Do you understand what's going on in his heart? All these years, I have slaved. Sometimes we see ourselves as morally up here and everybody else down here. When the truth of the matter is, some of the very offenses you struggle to forgive others for, you have committed yourself. Sometimes the things that others have done to us, we've done to others too. 
And we fail to recognize our own sinfulness. Oh no, I'm kind of up here and righteous and you've hurt me and and I don't deserve that and I'm here and our own self-righteousness will not allow us to let go. And we hang on to the offense. I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul who said on one occasion, as he looked at his own life, I am a sinner, and he says this, and I'm the chief of all sinners. And you want to look at that and say, Paul, you got to be kidding. You, you wrote over half the New Testament. God used you in a miraculous way. He was, he was really overstating it, wasn't he? But no, he wasn't. You know what Paul was doing? He was looking at his own life to say, you know what? I, I'm just like the person who did that. I am a sinner in need of God's grace in need of God's forgiveness. And because I understand that I am a sinner and I understand what I'm capable of and I understand what I've done, I'm gonna let go of the offense that you have put upon me and embrace forgiveness in its stead. Another reason I think that we have a hard time with forgiveness is fear. Sometimes forgiveness involves confrontation, doesn't it? There there are times when in order to really find forgiveness, I need to go to a person and say, you hurt me when you said that. That that wounded me. Do you understand how that impacted my life? And sometimes forgiveness involves confrontation. And you know what I've discovered? Most of us don't like confrontation. How many of you like confrontation? How many of you like it? You, and there may be some of you, and you worry me. There are some people that like, but most of us don't like confrontation. And we're afraid of it. And we're afraid, what is a person going to say if I go to them? What if they say, what, what if they don't agree that they hurt me? What if they say, well, I didn't say that, or I didn't mean that, or I didn't. And all of a sudden, as a result of the fear, we just kind of pretend it never happened. We shove it aside. We go on with our life, and as we pretend it never happened, it continues to bring hurt, it continues to cost, we continue to have a sinful reaction, and we continue to be slaves. Fear. You know another reason, and and this is a fun one, I think one reason that we have a hard time forgiveness is because we have a small concept of God. See, the real issue is this. Um... There is something in us that longs for justice, right? When somebody does something, they should pay. You hurt me, you should pay. Now, how do I reconcile justice with forgiveness? And there's the rub, because I I don't want to let go of it because I want you to pay. You've done something wrong, and if I let go, you're going to get off. Well, you know what that means? You've got a small concept of God. And and what I mean by a small concept of God is that, that really it means that you have a low view of God's justice. You, you know, the scripture says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. There comes a point in our life where we can say, you know what? 
I'm not going to worry about this person paying the price for what they've done. That's God's department. There's a fun story in the Old Testament about a guy named Elisha. Elisha takes over after Elijah, that great prophet in the Old Testament. And, and it's, it, it's shortly after he begins his ministry, um, he, he comes and is confronted by, the Bible even gives us a specific number, 42 youths, it's recorded in the Bible. Young men, 42 of them confront him and they begin to, to, to call him names. They call him Baldy, old bald head. And uh, now for us today, we think, well, okay, I guess Elisha was bald headed. Well, it, was, it wasn't really a, a reference to his hair. It was a, it was a term of derision. They were making fun of him. And I love this story, even as a child coming up, because they, they called him, you old bald head. They were making fun of him, saying all kinds of things. And the Bible says, and at that moment, God causes two she bears, two mama bears, to come out of the woods and attack those 42 guys. Now, as a kid growing up, I love that. I think, man, justice. You called God's man bald-headed, and all of a sudden, God sends a bear to get him. And I want to tell you, not only has that encouraged me as a child, it's encouraged me as an adult. Because I can't tell you the number of times that I have been hurt by people or confronting an offense, and I've simply said, God's got a bear for you. so I don't have to worry about it. I'm gonna trust God to take care of that. You're not gonna get by, you're not gonna get off. This is what I know of my God. He loves us too much to let us go. He never lets us down, but he never lets us off. Now I will say, sometimes forgiveness might seem easier if I get to see the she-bear attack them. And God doesn't always give us a ringside seat for that. But the reason many of you won't let go is because you don't trust God to take care of it. You think you need to take care of it. You need to make sure they pay. And you're going to tell everybody so that everybody knows what they did so they'll pay. A small view of God will keep you trapped in unforgiveness. Forgiveness comes when I say, God, I trust you to take care of the consequences for actions. That's not my business. You died to pay the penalty for that sin, and I will accept that that sin has been paid for, and I'm going to let go of it. And I confess this is the hurt and I let go of it. This is what it's cost me and I let go of it. And I confess any wrongdoing on my part to be where I need to be in my walk with you. But not only a small view of God does it carry the idea of, of, of a low view of God's justice. It also has a low view of God's sovereignty. You have a small God. You have a, a small view of God's sovereignty. You remember the, the classic story of forgiveness in the Bible is Joseph in the Old Testament? when he was betrayed by his brother, sold into slavery, through a series of events, rises to a position of prominence, has an opportunity to exercise judgment on his own brothers for what they have done to him. 
and he chooses not to. And, and the famous phrase that he makes that we know of that story, and, and most of you have grown up in church, you know the story. Joseph says to his brothers, he says this, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. You know what I love about that? He wasn't saying, I'm going to pretend that never happened. He said, no, it happened. You meant it for evil. You did that on purpose. But you know what? We have a sovereign God who's in control of everything that happens in our life, even the bad stuff, even the hurt, even the pain. And we have a God that can take the most painful situation in our life that was levied against us in bitterness and hatred and turn it around for good. And when we know that God is in control, sovereign on his throne, and I can trust him, then I don't have to worry about that. That becomes his department. The final thing that keeps all of us or most of us from from letting go and forgiving is that you have forgotten that you too are forgiven. In this passage of scripture, there is that term forgiveness carries with it the idea of, of grace given. And you and I are the recipients of a grace given forgiveness. How can I forgive someone for what they've done to me? Recognize that I myself have been forgiven. No matter what they've done to me, I've done worse to God. Separated from him for all eternity. And yet he has come to pay the penalty for my sin and offers in its stead forgiveness for me. And if I can embrace that kind of forgiveness, then surely I can give it to someone else. It might be that there are some of you that are here today and you have carried an offense around for years and it's real it hurt no question about it the hurt is real the pain is deep the scars are there it has cost you for years it's cost you and the price that you've had to pay for that offense has been huge but is it possible that your reaction to that is added to it. And today you're bitter and angry. And today you could confess that and say, God, I want my reaction to that to be what it needs to be. So I confess that to you. I turn from that to you to find forgiveness so that I can let it go. Give me the grace, God, to embrace the forgiveness that you've given and to turn it around and to give it there. Is it possible that you're here today and even as I walk through this, you recognize that not only is it true that you are the offended, but there are others of you that are the offender. 
You're the ones that caused it. Maybe God brings to our mind an area where we have caused pain and hurt in the lives of another person. And we need to go to that person and say, will you forgive me? I know I hurt you. I know that my actions brought pain. I know that what I did costs. And I ask you to forgive me. You see, when the body of Christ gives and invites forgiveness, we enter into a relationship that says to the rest of the world, you have nothing to fear from us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the message you've given us today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll speak to us and and that maybe you will put your finger on those areas in our life that we've not been able to let go. And it may be that there are some in this room who have asked for forgiveness over and over and over again. But maybe the reason is because they've just looked at one of these. They've just looked at the offense, but they've never confessed the hurt. They've never, they, they, they've never let go of the hurt. They've never let go of the cost. They've never been willing to look at their own actions and reactions. And, and would you let us today see this in its completeness so that we can be free. And for all of us in the room, God, keep us sensitive to the times where we commit offense in another's life, that we keep a short list and come to them to ask for that forgiveness so that those relationships can be restored. Maybe there's one here that has never experienced your forgiveness, God. And I love the fact that no matter what we've done, you died on the cross to pay the penalty for that and you offer forgiveness for all. And for today, we can receive that and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, it might be that God has spoken to you today and I just recognize that you need somebody to pray for you. It might be that you would say, you know, I, I, I know that I see myself in one of these areas and in this moment, you just need a second to regroup and to commit again to him. So I'm gonna ask that you stand with me and, and as we have this opportunity, I'd be happy to pray with you as you begin this journey or maybe even as you are there standing, commit to Christ to be what he wants you to be in this moment. Would you stand with me as we right now give you that opportunity? From everyone at Southcliff Church, thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Southcliff Church, please go to southcliff.com to share a testimony of how God has encouraged you through this ministry. Send an email to scpodcast at southcliff.com. That's scpodcast at southcliff.com. Click the Give button on our webpage to discover how this ministry is supported. Financial gifts help accomplish the mission God has given us.